this second session on Ephesians 1, 1 and 2, we focus on apostle. Apostle of Jesus Christ. Paul, an apostle. What is it? What is an apostle? What difference does it make to us that Paul identifies himself as he writes this letter as an apostle of Jesus Christ? by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's writing as an apostle of the Lord Jesus. Father, as we look at this extraordinary title, this amazing office on which our very life hangs, show us from your word what it includes, what it implies for how we read this letter and how we respect these words. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go back to Jesus' origination of the group of apostles in Mark 3, 13 to 15. Jesus went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired. And they came to him and he appointed So not all of his disciples, which simply means a follower of Jesus who learns from him and bows to his authority and trusts him, but these 12 are in a unique category, 12, whom he named apostles. So that's the name Jesus gave to them, Greek apostolus. I put it there because, as you'll see, so that they might be with him and he might send. Now, the Greek word for send is apostele, and the noun of the sent ones with authority is apostolus. So, he named them apostles so that they might be with him, and he might send, because that's who they are, sent ones, them out to preach and to have authority, in this case, to cast out demons. They could also heal in remarkable ways that exceeded, it seems, other believers who also could have the gift of healing, but the apostles seemed to be in an extraordinary Christ-representing class by themselves. So, apostle uh, one sent by Jesus with his authority. Let's try that and see if it proves valid elsewhere. So at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, when he's ready to go back or has already gone back to heaven, Judas, one of the twelve, has clearly canceled out his legitimacy. Here's what happens. So one of the men who have accompanied us, this is Peter, explaining what has to be done, during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us during those three years, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up, one of these men must become with us a witness to the resurrection one of the fundamental roles of 
an apostle. They have seen the risen Lord, and they have learned from him face to face, and they are now to be the representatives of him in establishing his church. And they put forward to Joseph, uh, who is called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two have been chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship. So the apostleship needed to be completed, from which Judas turned aside to go his own to his own place, and they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles, and now there are twelve. Now, that raises the question, well, how does Paul fit in here? Because Paul wasn't one of the twelve apostles, and yet he lays claim on the apostleship. Why? And, and did the twelve accept him as one equal to them in authority? Let's follow it out in Paul's own writings. Here's Galatians 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man. So he's emphasizing Paul didn't come along and intrude himself into the company of the twelve. He was driven in, in a most stunning way by the Lord. But through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, dropping to 15, verse 15, when he who had set me apart before I was born, so this is not a a catch-up plan that God made. He had this plan before any of the other apostles were chosen. (laughs) And they were no doubt chosen before they were born, but Paul says he was. Set me apart before I was born and who called me. All right, there was a point then where he called him by his grace and revealed his son to me. Now that puts him in a apostolic category of seeing the risen Christ in order that I might preach just like the other apostles were chosen to be sent out and preach. This time among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. So here he's claiming, I am an apostle. I wasn't one of the first ones, but I am one of the later ones or the later one. But I went away to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. In other words, in other words I had my, my time alone with Jesus to get up to speed on what these other apostles had learned. I didn't learn it from them. 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time after the resurrection, most of whom are still alive. You can go check it out. This is called historical control for the resurrection. Living people could validate Paul's words here. Though some have fallen asleep, some have died. Then he appeared to James. Jesus appeared to James. Then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles unworthy to be called an apostle. In other words, he did not choose this. He was brought into this, as it were, kicking and screaming on the Damascus Road, having to be struck blind in order to get his compliance, because I persecuted the church of God. So Paul doesn't want to say in any boastful way, I'm an apostle too, but rather, 
I don't deserve to be an apostle, but God made me one. And he appeared to me in the way he appeared to these others to qualify me to be an apostle in that regard, as well as the commission I received. So he says in 1 Corinthians 9, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? There's a key part to an apostle, because he's going to bear witness to the resurrection. Are not you my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I'm not an apostle, because many people rejected Paul, at least I am to you. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Now, what's going to happen when the confrontation comes between Paul and having been met by the risen Christ on the Damascus Road, made an apostle, an authoritative spokesman of the, the risen Christ, will he be unified with the apostles in Jerusalem? Here's what happens. This is Galatians 2. From those who seem to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. He's talking about Peter, James, and John. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seem to be influential added nothing to me. In other words, I'm not a secondhand apostle, only being commissioned by the apostles. I was commissioned by the Lord. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostle apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine, my apostolic ministry to the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, James, Peter, and John, who seemed to be the pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship. That's one of the most important moments in the history of the church. Because if that hadn't happened, we would have had a split authority in the church. A group of apostles going one way and and Paul going another way, and there would have been no foundation. A fellowship, right hand to me and to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Which now raises, all right, what's the authority that Paul has? Just a few closing texts. 1 Thessalonians 2, 6 and 7. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles. In other words, Apostles have authority to make demands on the churches in the place of Christ. But we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. Paul doesn't always assume the kind of authority he could have. But there it is. And here's 1 Corinthians 14. Very powerful. 1 Corinthians 14, 37. If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a commandment of the Lord. My writings are commandments of the Lord, and anybody who is a genuine prophet or a genuine spiritual person will acknowledge this. And that's what you can say today. Anybody that comes along and says, I'm a prophet, anybody that comes along and says, I have a special spiritual hotline to heaven, just Take them to Paul and say, do you agree with everything here? 
That's the litmus test because Paul is the authority. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized as spiritual or as a prophet. That is a powerful claim to apostolic authority in the place of Christ. So Peter says this about Paul. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of of these matters. There are some things in them hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. That's amazing. So Peter is saying apostolic authority is such that Scripture is being created just like the Old Testament Scriptures, the other Scriptures, which Jesus himself regarded as absolutely authoritative. One last passage, Ephesians 2. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation, so you, the church, are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So apostles and prophets, and I'm just focusing on apostles here, are a once-for-all foundation for the church. So here are the foundations. In In Revelation, what, 22, it says the 12 foundations are the 12 apostles, just symbolically, including Paul, and these foundations hold up the church, and their writings are found in the New Testament, and we're looking at Ephesians. So Ephesians is a foundational, authoritative book from the Lord Jesus through the Apostle Paul upholding and guiding the church in our day.